As Cash Color Camp is a high level of conversation. Um, as y'all know, tonight I am at, not at Live Hip Hop Daily Studios. I'm back in my home office. But I do have a great, uh, I have two great guests in the building with Grand Legacy Group. That's Christine Johnson and Derod Collins. I almost want to call him Derod one more time, but I got to remember my real name is Rodney. So, you know, I got just think of Rodney. <laughs> How are you two guys doing today? We're doing, doing well. great. We're blessed, man. Thanks for having, Thank you for having us. No problem, no problem. I know what we were talking on, online or before we I hit record about how we had a little miss up from last week because this is actually supposed to take place last week, but yes. everything works out for a reason. I'm glad I have you guys on today. Yes, thank you. Thank you for having us for sure. Yeah, we got to make sure that central time zone is not the only time zone <laughs> in America. So we, we need to be central, we need to be uh, cognizant cognizant of that. Well, the topic of today is is investing, and you know, I thought it would be great to have you two guys, especially with Grand Legacy, with Grand Legacy, come on to actually speak about self funding and how important that is when it comes to the cannabis space and what y'all are doing in the cannabis space. So, um, before we get started, can you two introduce yourselves individually? We can start with Christine. Hi. Yes. So my name is Christine. Um, I'm one of the co-owners of uh, Grand Legacy Group. Um, we are a group of eight African American full majority owners. Um, um, by trade, you know, I'm in healthcare and in education, and I'm just happy to be here. And what about you, Rod? All right, good afternoon. Good morning. Rod Collins, um, primarily in the DEI space. I've been in the, in the utility space for uh, the better part of 20 years. Um, I'm a serial entrepreneur by trade and by education. So um, glad to be here and glad to speak with you on behalf of Grand Legacy Group. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's first, let's discuss Grand Legacy Group. Like, how did you guys find each other to help create this, this amazing organization? Yeah. So like Christine mentioned, we're a group of eight educated, highly motivated individuals and we're friends. So we're all friends and family. Um, you know, half of the group is either connected through family. The other half is connected through more than 15, 20 years of friendship. So that's how we came together. Um, that's how we know each other. As far as coming together on this journey, we started back probably more than five or six years ago, which is having an entrepreneurship group, a think tank, if you will. And with that, we would come together, combine our resources, intellectual resources and financial resources, and just collaborate on ways that we could um, come together as African-Americans and do something on the entrepreneurship level. You know, various topics from real estate, to cannabis, to what have you. And that's how we came together as far as thinking of ways to join forces and, um, you know, do something in, the, in this cannabis industry. So that's how we first started. Awesome. Awesome, man. So, so far, so far, so good. As, as I assume the journey has been. The Our journey has been, been great. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've been, um, as he said, highly motivated. So we have been on top of every opportunity, every, went down every avenue we can to educate ourselves in this process and to take advantage of every um, opportunity the state has had for us, as well as communities have welcomed us. So let's speak about the state of Illinois. Um, Illinois is, 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 is legal recreationally. And I remember when Illinois came on, there was a whole lot of conversation about how Illinois is going to be almost like a, a, a a land of milk and honey when it comes to for black entrepreneurs, you know, when it comes to social equity, there's going to be everybody who's going to be able to have a have a shop, you know, it came off like that, like it was going to be the, the, the best place to do business. Speak to us about Illinois coming on and has Illinois been as friendly as it, as it appeared to be initially when it came to people of color? 
have to say that for the most part, we do feel they have been friendly. I think, you know, within the constraints of politics and, you know, rules and regulations and things like that, of course, you're going to always run into that in any, any industry. But for us, we did view this as a great opportunity, you know, for us as minorities to enter this industry at an infant stage uh, where not many minorities have had the opportunity to do so. Um, the state has provided us with opportunities to help us to continue to grow. You know, for instance, the DCE, DCEO loan and or um, working groups uh, to be able to voice our opinions about what's going well, what may not be going well, how can we better the um, this process and things like that. So we, we have had a good experience with the state thus far. Now, does the state have limitations? Sure, but a lot of that wraps around timing, right? You know, the the how long it's taken um, for things to go through the courts, if you will, we got held up and things like that. Um, but, you know, for the most part, have they tried to make avenues for us to be able to have opportunities and uh, available? Yes, I do. We do feel that way. Yeah, and I would piggyback on that. And I would totally agree with that. We've been blessed. I mean, the state has provided opportunities I would just say it's up to us to take advantage of those opportunities. Right. And we can't just rely solely on the state. You know, you have to rely on other mentors. You have to rely on your business partners. You have to rely on educating yourselves around this industry. Um, so you're not just waiting on the state. The state can only do so much. But, you know, once the state opens the doors, it's up to us to walk through them, find opportunities to to leverage. And then, you know, like Christine mentioned, the state does have a few hiccups here and there. But I think it's coming from a good place, and we've taken advantage of the opportunities that they've offered us. Awesome. So one of the one of the bigger roadblocks that 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 stand in front of um, black-owned businesses when it comes to cannabis is funding. You know, it's almost impossible to get funding from a bank. I'm actually going through a whole issue myself right now with 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 one of the payment processes where I've had my account shut down because they accused me of selling illicit products which they have yet to prove again, Stripe, but I'm not going to go on this tangent today. But one of the things that's been a holdup has been able to pull out funding, especially when it comes to starting to, trying to start up a brick and mortar type shop or try to get into cannabis on that side. Um, what, how does Grand Legacy Group plan on helping or plan on attacking that issue? Well, I think the first and foremost is, you know, uh, groups have to take advantage of all the opportunities that are there. The grants, the low interest loans, um, DCEO, has always been um, since the beginning of the application process years ago, you know, when it first started, DCEO was part of that initial um, startup, you know, where they kind of gave grants or promised money for startup, you know, and taking advantage from that point on, we did from day one to the point that we actually are one of the few um, groups that just got fully approved for the highest loan that they have that is forgivable. As long as we do what we're supposed to do, you know, we were approved for that. So, you know, not being afraid um, to take advantage of what's in your face and what's being offered and putting in the um, applications, even though they're long, <laughs> to do that. And then also not being afraid to uh, explore other avenues. You, you're right. Banking is, a, is an issue at this point. You know, you have to have safe banking and there's only so many banks that allow cannabis money and they come with, you know, some stipulations or rates or fees and things like that. But you have to be able to one, make sure you're, um, that you look at the banking that you do have and have that get that in place early. And two, not be afraid to explore all the other options, including investors and including investors that may want uh, some part of equity stake as long as you're making sure 
to do your due diligence and investigate what those offers look like. Yeah, yeah absolutely, Chrissy. Um, and also, you got, you might have to bring some of your own money to the table. So it's not just relying on investors. But if you do rely on investors, like Christine just mentioned, don't be afraid to give up a piece of equity. You know, a lot of us as African-Americans, we like to hold on and hoard our business. And I don't want to give up anything. Yeah. But, you know, I'm not a mathematician, but 100 percent of zero is zero. Exactly. So you need to give up a little piece if you have to give up a little piece of equity for the longer play, for the bigger play, can't be afraid to do that. And also don't be afraid to partner with other individuals, with other license holders. That's so cute. I may have a craft girl license. You may have a dispensary license. How can we partner together and leverage both licenses so we can, you know, we can both win and we can both help our communities? Yeah. yeah, and I agree. I think that fear of letting go a piece of equity is something that st that holds back a lot of small businesses. You know, um, it, it, you look at it almost like you want to be like you mentioned, a hundred percent of an owner. But if you have a hundred percent of this and you have no way of funding it, you have no way of opening the doors, and you have a hundred percent of nothing. I'd much rather have eighty percent of something if I have twenty percent of somebody who could come in and do the things that I couldn't do. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. And, you know, it's by history, right? African-Americans, we've had some years of history of being either wronged or taken advantage of. And so it comes by nature to kind of be protective. But you got to look at the, the bigger picture. Yeah. And coming into this industry, I mean, especially the, the how we've been criminalized, I could totally understand how people don't want to give up some 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 Absolutely. of their equity. Like you mentioned, we've already gone through this in so many other ways. This is a new industry for everybody across the board. What we don't want to do is run run back into the same issues. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. Totally so no, another way, you know, you did mention um, investing, you did mention bringing in your own money and both of those things are fine. But some people don't have the, their own cash flow. Like it's just another thing that we just need to be completely honest with. What about what are some other creative ways that you feel like people can do can get funding when it comes to these kind of businesses? And they could they could crowdfund, they could raise funds, they could partner with other people. Um, there's a lot of African-Americans out here that have money, have money to invest, but they don't know where to invest. A lot of them don't know about the cannabis industry and that there is an opportunity to invest in that industry. Um, so just don't be afraid to, you know, uncover every stone, and look under every rock and find opportunities. But you have to be willing to have some skin in the game. So if that means, you know, taking out a, a loan against your home. Hey, I'm an entrepreneur and I've done it all. I mean, if this is a passion for you and you really have a vision, you may have to, you know, take out a piece of equity on your home. You may have to ask a, a family member for a loan. Hey, you may have to just go to a bank and ask for a loan, a private loan. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just going to say, if you do that, if you make sure, again, we we if we didn't network and align ourselves with individuals who are in this industry and who've been there, done that, we wouldn't have known to start our banking process early with the banks that take cannabis money. You know, so those banks actually still have cannabis loans. Now, do we want to pay interest when we don't have to? And are some of those loans higher interest? And again, you have to vet every opportunity that comes your way. But there are multiple avenues you know, even if you take something for the short term to at least get operational, then pay that off and then do a different way later. You know, we just got to look at all angles. The goal here is this to take advantage of the opportunity we've been presented and not let it not let it go stale, not let it, you know, not move. One thing I think, you know, and you had mentioned about the banks is also 
opening yourself up to researching what is available to you. You know, we often hear that you can't use a bank. So we just stop right there. But even when, when I just mentioned my own situation with Stripe, I realized that there's a bank in Georgia, First Citizens Bank, that actually allows hemp bank, banking for hemp businesses. And being that my business doesn't touch plants necessarily, doesn't touch plants at all, it's ancillary. They were able to work with me and set me up a merchant account and something I would have never knew if I didn't go into a room and be able to have that kind of information and meet somebody. So I would also say that you need to also start open up your network. You know, there's always there maybe somebody around you who has some information that you don't need. We often look for monetary needs but information needs are, are, are as important. Like if you meet somebody who can give you some information like I was blessed to have, that could be equally important. Absolutely. 100%. I mean, your, your, your network is your net worth. <laughs> Let me say that again. Your network is your net worth. So you surround yourselves around the right people, people that have like-minded goals. I mean, you'll find a way. You'll find a way. We don't always have to know our next step or how we're going to get there, but go down the journey Surround yourself around the right people and you'll figure it out. That's what we did. Speaking of banking, how optimistic are you of safe banking and, and seeing something like that actually get pushed through on a federal level to the point where we could maybe walk into a Bank of America or we could walk into a more traditional bank and be able to get a loan for this business? I think that that's coming. I, I think that that's coming. I think that it's necessary. The way that cannabis is taking off and we have more states than not now. Yes. you know, that have legalized marijuana, it's, it's going, it's, it's, it's going to be um, something that they're not going to be able to not do. You know, it's too much. Our world, our, our nation is also meant on capitalizing also on opportunities and, and money as well. So they're not going to not want to get in this game either of being able to um, have some skin in the game with, with being able to do trans cannabis transactions. So I think it's coming. It, 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 yeah, yeah, I totally agree. It's coming. Everything is political, as we know. Um, but it's going to become to a, a point where it's a it's a safety issue. You can't have all of this money just in a safe, just in your right. facility. It's currently so, a safety issue. Exactly, exactly. And it's going to become more of a safety issue as more as more states become operational and uh, you know legal. So I think it's coming down the pipe. And the things that do have safe bank, you know, the ones that do take cannabis money, they have resorted to other resources like having armored trucks come out and pick up the money and do all the, I mean, they've had to do what they've had to do for these businesses to, to survive, Absolutely. you know, so yes. it won't continue this being this difficult. It can't. I would hope not because yeah, it really is a safety issue, especially when you look in places like Oakland or you look at even in New right. York, the robberies that happen in dispensaries, like you're putting people's lives in danger by having not just this kind of product around, but having cash around. Like people are literally your walking target, even though what you're trying to do is start an actual factual business in this in this country. Mm -hmm. Yep. hundred yeah, percent. So looking at Illinois, um, talk to us about how Grand Legacy Group is trying to help out um, businesses in Illinois. Like what are some of the opportunities that you offer for other for, for other companies, for businesses, excuse me? But not only for other companies, but we offer opportunities and we give back um, to our communities as well. I mean, one of the things we pride ourselves on is philanthropy. I mean, we we've actually we were in food drives, clothing drives, back to school drives. Um, we were giving back to homeless shelters um, during COVID. Before we even had our license, we were a group giving back during COVID, you know, handing out masks and hand sanitizers and one of our um you know south suburban areas of chicago here but you know we want to partner with other groups and show them 
kind of the hurdles that we've overcome. You know, not to say that we we know everything, but we can educate some of our, you know, brethren in the industry on ways that they can get by these hurdles that we've already come across. Uh, we want to give back to the communities where we come from. Now, I'm from the inner city, south side of Chicago. So I want to give back to the little kids that look up to us. You know, I want to, we, we built um, vegetable gardens in an impoverished area in Inglewood. Inglewood is a, on the south side of Chicago. So we've done it all. And we, we, we want to give back. We have a diversity plan that will serve as our roadmap of giving back. And that's just what we pride ourselves on. Our name is Grand Legacy for a reason. Okay, we want to leave a legacy for not only our family, but for, you know, the younger African-Americans and, and even adults that look up to us and, you know, and, and, you know, look to us as a vision of hope. Okay. And our motto is sowing seeds, harvesting futures. So we want to get back on an educational level as well. Absolutely. When you mention license, what type of license does Grand Legacy have? Is it a cultivation license? Do you have a license to actually have a shop? What, what type of licenses do you do you uh, have currently? We have a craft girl license. And I was going to say, you know, that's one of the things we that we've definitely been working with, actively working with groups um, to help address legislative legislative issues with for social equity applicants. So right now we have a craft girl license, but for the bus this business, this industry to be as successful as it can be, it needs to be able to be what we refer to as vertical. So we need to be able to grow. We need retail to be able to sell. We also want transportation to be able to transport, right? So when you have all those licenses, you have created almost a fail safe, you know, instead of isolating yourself and having one piece of the puzzle and then having to sh shift it out to either MSOs or other um companies that may have already taken advantage of the industry or done well in the industry, but not allowed us to grow as significantly as we can grow. So that would mm -hmm. be one of the things that we are, we, you know, we're involved in those working groups. We're working with our uh, state politicians and, you know, our local municipalities, they're hearing our voices and they're asking our opinions and they're listening. So it, you know, it makes a difference. Applause. And it's not we like we're just trying to be like, greedy. Like, uh, no, I was just going to say, it's not like we're trying to be greedy and right. we want this license, that license, and that license. We just want to be competitive with the folks Absolutely. that don't look like us that already have those opportunities. They have multiple licenses, multiple licenses in other states. So we just want to be competitive and, and have our piece of the pie as well. I'm, I'm all the way here supporting this this conversation. Um, when you say craft licensing, does that is that for a smaller grow, not necessarily like a, a widespread grow? I just want to make sure I'm getting the, the, the definition correct. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Craft is more specialized okay. where, you know, we're, we're growing inside of a facility instead of outdoors yeah. in the elements in a large cultivation field. Right. So craft is more specialized. Think of your craft beers. You yes. have the Miller Lights, and then you have your craft beers. It's a little more specialized, a little more quality. Yes. Yeah. You know, I realize how many people don't understand terminology. You know, like like there's so many people yeah. who are in this space, and I feel like they don't know those certain things. So I thought it would be uh, it would it would be necessary for me to at least explain that craft. What's the difference when somebody hears craft license, a, a craft license? That's exactly what that is. That's a great question. Yep, and that's exactly what that is. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, do you support homegrown as well? Pardon me. Do you support home growing as well? Like people being able to grow from their own house, um, be able to, to, to sustain themselves, their, their own lives when it comes to cannabis. Do you support that as well? If that if that's what they need to do for, for medicinal purposes, yeah. we're all for it. I mean, it's not it's not licensed. I mean, it's, it's not legally 
license to do so. They can have so. certain amounts, a, med- a medical license. Right, a small amount. A small amount. So absolutely, if that's, like you said, if that's what they need, then that's what they need. Yeah, yeah. because a lot of folks don't do it just for recreation. A lot of folks doing it right. to keep themselves healthy. Yeah. So also, you know, get, going back to what Grand Legacy offers, um, if somebody wants to actually get involved with Grand Legacy or ask or be able to tap into the resources you have, whether it's mentorship or even just actual funding, like how would somebody how would a company or business go about that? And we have a you can go to our website, grandlegacygroup.com. We're on LinkedIn. You can reach out to any of us. I mean, we're plugged in with local municipalities. Um, you would establish great relationship with the politicians. We're out in the community. We're visible. You know, if there's a, a fundraiser going on in the communities, we're there. We want to be there. We can't be everywhere, but we want to be there to support. So we need to reach out, grandlegacygroup.com. If you need a job in the industry, once we get up and running, like I said, we do have a diversity plan and we plan to give back and hire not only folks that look like us, folks that come from areas where we come from, Absolutely. and even extend those opportunities to the contractors as well when it's, once it's time to build out. So what are the plans for opening? Like, Do, do you have an ETA for, for that you can share with us? <laughs> so currently, you know, uh, we're in that, remember how we talked about the state? If anything, sometimes it's just the timeliness. So we're in, we're in line, if you will. <laughs> We're doing everything we could do. We're we're wait. We're as soon as we meet one deadline, we're starting the next. Um, so we're kind of at the discretion of the state. If we could open tomorrow, of course we would. Um, but there is a strict process about you know you do certain steps. They have to come approve or inspect. You do another step. So we're in that process now. We'd hope. I mean, if we had our say, we'd like to be open in three to six months. I don't know if the state timeline is going to meet that. <laughs> um, but you know, we're ready. We're ready to to go. Well, I hope y'all are documenting this, this 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 whole entire process. This sounds like something that I would I would believe I would see on Discovery Channel or something. You go right. from, from this part to we gotta go to this part, and before you know it, you have the actual store. You have the yeah. actual opening of the place. So I, hopefully, y'all are documenting all this. This would be amazing when when you look back on it. Yeah, we've documented everything from our very very first meeting coming together. Yes. So this is this is not you know this is the journey, and we've enjoying we're just enjoying the journey, man, and yeah. and. We want to help other people get yeah. past the hurdles that we're we're coming across because we didn't do this alone. We people did. have helped us. So we want to give that back. Yeah. But, and I have to give a shout out to our, our team members. We have when we say diverse group, we come from, oh, yeah. you know, from logistics to finance to mental health, um, to um, health practitioners, um, to DEI, to energy, to schooling. We have so many, our research, we can't stress enough for anyone in the looking to get in or already in this um, industry network. You know, we have a big team and a diverse team that we're networking with ourselves. But of course, it makes it, you have to network with others. You don't know what you don't know till you start talking. And also numbers and groups speak. They matter. You know, so when you have someone with like minds and we need things accomplished, having that support from other people in the industry help. And we're going to end on that word because that was a word. Uh, Christine, um, Rod, appreciate your time today. Again, if people want to learn more about Grand Legacy, just drop a, drop the website, drop all the information again so people can know how to actually get in contact with you guys. Yes, grandlegacygroup.com. And on LinkedIn, just look up Grand Legacy Group and you'll find us. And if there's an opportunity, we'd love to work with you and assist you. 
Awesome. Well, thank you guys again for sharing some time with us today and explaining exactly what Grand Legacy Group does. And also really to honing in on what the, the takeaways I feel like from this interview, creative funding and networking. Those are very important things when you're trying to open up a business way past the actual funding part. Make sure you know how to network. Make sure you know how to creatively finance your business when you don't have necessarily the millions of dollars that some of these MSOs have. And one other key is philanthropy. The more you give, the more you receive. And I'm a firm, we are a firm believer of that. Absolutely. Yes. Well, thank you again, guys, for coming on. I appreciate your time. And that is Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation.